It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, that's uh, our cue to uh, talk, which uh, occasionally I miss. Uh, the Tri-County <laughs> Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Dennis and Brady, and we're going to be talking some uh, baseball this time around. Uh, Caleb Dahlman will yep. join us, and we'll talk about Mary Sill, and uh, we'll hit him up with the hard-hitting questions. Uh, in just a, a few minutes, but I'm going to make you do it again, Brady. What? Tell them about the golf oh, outing. Oh, the golf outing. Have to plug that every time. Well, if you go to the golf outing, you might see Coach Dolman. He'll be participating in that. It's August 20th at the Elks, uh, $85 a person. Have lots of great prizes. Put some up on our social media so you can see just some of the things you can win if you go there. It'll be a fun time. We're going to have a skins game. Uh, closest to the pin, closest to the line, things like that, 50-50 raffle. It'll be fun, and now can I be done do- plugging it again? Uh, did you tell them to go to the website? Go to the website. There's a sign-up form there. Um, it's on our social media, too. There's a form that you can just fill out online, and you'll be good. Or there's one, if you like to do it the old-school way, you can print it out and mail it in. All right, good stuff. And we'll be back with Caleb Dahlman in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, 
North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magna International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis Brady and uh, Marysville Vikings baseball coach Caleb Dahlman uh, joins us on the uh, program. First off, congratulations, coach, on the uh, little one. Thanks. No, appreciate it. Um, it's been uh, it's been an exciting, you know, thirteen weeks here already um, with uh, with Lee, you know learning and getting to know Gabby and kind of see how she develops um, and just you know how she interacts with her older sister as well. Just kind of the cool little things that you know you don't really realize you know the amazingness of life until you're kind of in charge <laughs> of one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It was what you were getting ready to play Northern, yep. and I was just. I just sent him a text, something like, oh, I think I asked you who was pitching or something. And then I get to the field. I'm like, where's coach? He's like, oh, he had a kid. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, now I felt like a jerk because I'm thinking he's in the, the waiting room and he's texting me. Meanwhile, he's worrying about, you know, much more important waiting things. Room. You, were, you were right in there, weren't you? You had the catcher's mask and glove oh, yeah. on. And you're oh, like, yeah. okay, honey, fastball right yeah, down the middle. Exactly. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not the one doing any of the work in there. So it was, it was fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, how was that, though, middle of the season kind of, you know, in a year that's already more stressful than any other year needed to be? I'm sure that put the blood pressure up a little bit, albeit in a good way. Yeah, no, I mean, it was one of those things leading into the season. Um, I had an assistant coach lined up. Josh Fair was going to be with me again for, you know, it'd be around his third year with us. And then he took a new position. Um, and it was probably about two weeks, three weeks before the season started. Like, hey, I can't do this anymore. Um, that's tough. That's the tough part, I think, with uh, with baseball is schedule-wise. If you're not a teacher or someone that's got a flexible schedule, being right after school is difficult. Um, so I was kind of scrambling, like, you know, shoot, I don't, I don't have a coach for that mid, we're, you know, mid-season break. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brian Butler reached out and said, hey, you know, I'd like to help out. And then also Josh Vaggie, both of those guys stepped up. And as soon as that lined up, I was like, all right, perfect. I can relax, you know, leave it in the hands of guys that have experience. Uh, you know, Butler, obviously, outstanding individual, opportunity to work with him. And then Josh had had a chance to coach in the past at Algonac, so he has that mm-hmm. varsity experience where it wasn't just like, 
hey guys, uh, good luck. It was it was opportunity where I knew that leaving it there, I could take off whenever it was, um, and I wasn't worried that we would either miss a beat or just things you know that you don't really realize as a high school varsity coach what you have to do. You know. Oh yeah. Um, and I just knew he had that chance, he had that experience, and uh, I was comfortable kind of walking away uh, for those you know two weeks would end up being so. Now, as as a player, Brian Butler, what was it? A quiet confidence, and he was a definite leader. Oh, like yeah. you knew who was in charge when they needed a voice on the court that wasn't the coach's yep. voice or on the field. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that, that he'd make a good coach. Yeah, no, he did a great job for us. I mean, he was our first base coach, um, you know, and he coached third during that, that absence of mine. Um, and he did a great job. I mean, I think they scored they score 20, 30 runs in those two, three games. And I was like, oh, shoot, I don't know if I have a, a job when I come back here. Uh, but, no, he did a great job working with the runners, outfielders as well, and just being that kind of that mediator. You know, he was young enough yet to know those guys and play with some of them. Uh, but I think missing a year from everything, he was still far enough away and had that maturity to be able to, you know, take on that coach role still and not just be, be a player friend there, which it was great to have him around. I will say, though, nobody listened to his stop sign. That's the reason why Maceo <laughs> didn't get to go out for the seventh. You're sour about that. He threw a perfect <laughs> he game. He did. Let no, I'm be. not. I'm just – calm down. You want to get out of my throat. Jeez. But, no, he – I mean, he he had, might as well have had a big neon sign that said "Don't run," and two guys just kept going, and it was the weirdest thing because you see two runs score, and your bench is like, "No, oh yeah, don't oh, yeah. do that." Yeah. And Macy Macio was probably like, "Yes, I don't have to go out and pitch oh, no. through he, the stress of the ninth, you know, or I, the seventh. I, I think he didn't even realize that he had a perfect game going into it. I think it was until afterwards when guys were like, hey, man, you just threw a perfect game. I think it was when I was like, oh, shoot. I mean, he, he knew he was doing well, but it wasn't one of those where the pressure, I think. And obviously, I was just listening to you guys on the radio. That was one of the other cool things. I was at home. We had just gotten back. And mm. I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, Hesu just threw a perfect game. She's like, what? She's like, you got to go. You got to go celebrate with your team. So it was it was a cool moment. Um, and again, just kind of kudos to you guys just to have that opportunity we wouldn't have had in the, in the past. Um, so again, you know, thank you to you guys for that. Well, well it's fun. Ahead. It's fun, but I did not envision ever calling a perfect game where the team that threw it was batting when the game <laughs> ended. <laughs> yep. That, Welcome to the nuances of, of high school. Sports. Oh yeah. These things happen sometimes. Look, you guys could pitch. Oh yeah. And you guys defend really well. The hitting was the confusing part because you have a really good lineup, or I thought this yep. year's team was loaded with good hitters, but you scored in bunches, and then in bunches you struggled to score. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you saw that across uh, across the board of those schools as well. I mean, pitching is always ahead of hitting. I mean, it's spring training. You see that for guys, you know, talking to the big leagues, it's always like, hey, we're trying to get the, you know, the bats going, get some, you know, like swings in and stuff. Pitching is always going to be ahead of the game. Um and I think it was just one of the things where we had some guys that took the year off, you know, and then even going into it, a lot of times being a senior loaded team, a lot of those guys maybe aren't playing summer ball like they normally would. Um, so they would spend, you know, normally when you're summer team, you're spending with them from November to March, kind of getting your swings in, getting ready to go. Some of those guys weren't in that position anymore. They were going to just move on to college, you know, continue on. So you're missing some of that. Um, and I think it's, you know, hitting is contagious. You know, once you get one guy going, um, then guys start getting confident and same thing the other way. Once I guess in a slump, it's like, man, all right, maybe he is, you know, and we struggle like that, but it, it did seem like it was, it's kind of feast or famine. Uh, but we had the pitching where we could, we could score one run and be like, all right, well, that's, that's going to be a good, good enough for today. And then other times we're like, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's just spread the love and get 15 today for fun. It <laughs> did seem like it was one or the other. You did mention getting ready in the winter. 
how much harder was it? Because even if some kids wanted to get ready, there was, unless you had your own pole barn, there really wasn't anywhere to go get swings up. Yeah, I mean, the, the swing parts is tough. I mean, we, had, we were able to finally get some open gyms uh, ahead of time where we had the opportunity to, and I think that's, that kind of seemed to be the best. You know, doing the four-on-one is good, um, mm-hmm. but open gyms at least allows guys to be out there, get their swings on their own, do what they need to do. You know, a lot of these kids, you know, across the board, go to, go to their private hitting coaches, go to their pitching coaches. Mm-hmm. So to be in there and try to tinker, um, you know, it's one of those things like, hey, you're, you're spending all this time with another guy. Here's some reps, give you an opportunity to get ready to go, you know, work with your buddies. Um, so that's we were able, thankfully we were able to open up kind of as we got closer to the season and get that get that chance to get some swings in and get ready to go. Yeah, it was it was obviously with COVID it was harder this year. Yeah. I think it was fairly obvious when we got to baseball and softball that the season was going to get played yep. and that there weren't going to be any delays or stoppages anymore. Yep. Um, but basketball kind of got pushed back and getting into the gym and getting that early goal on things was a lot tougher for you guys. No, for sure. I mean, normally during the season, what they have six, we have six basketball teams that, that need gym time. Right. The wrestling team does too. <clears throat> Cheer does at times. Um, so to get that gym time is difficult. And it just, it, I guess it kind of worked out nicely that it was playoffs were done for the girls and then it was boys. Um, so it, it allowed it to just be two teams in there. So we were able to either get before school um, which a lot of times the varsity team does just because of, of gym availability. So we were able to get some. And then it was I think it was kind of nice weather, too. I think the first week of – I think tryouts actually for the first time and since I've been coaching, we were actually had tryouts outside. So that was nice, too, where we could actually see guys on a baseball field um, versus like, wow, that, that swing looked great and inside a cage and the ball went 10 feet. You know, you could actually see what our guys are doing. You could see them react to a baseball. Mm-hmm. Fly ball it's like, versus, hey, here's a ball tossed up 20 feet in the air in the gym. Hey, you could actually see a fly ball. How do you track it down? Um, so I was really excited when we had the chance to do tryouts outside. Uh, well, then the next month was free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had what? I think that doubleheader against Yale was actually nice. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't have a nice day for a month. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, but going into the season, I mean, you go back. Basketball didn't get started till February. Yep. If that had gotten delayed a little more, there would have been real talks about what to do with baseball. How just nervous were you, like the rest of us, not knowing what was going to happen for baseball? Because if basketball got pushed back any further, someone was losing a significant portion of their season. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for, for me it was just a matter of, you know, the, the concern of guys, especially with a small school, we have a lot of guys that play two, three sports. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have guys that, you know, on our lineup right there, I mean, Nagan was in that, was on the varsity basketball team, Smayfield, uh, Bowman. Porter, um, I want to make sure I don't miss anybody else, but those guys right there, that would have been guys. Curtis. Maybe, yeah, yeah, they might have been missing, you know, two or three weeks possibly of the high school baseball season, which, you know, would have put us, you know, tough spot. I mean, Smayfield did an awesome job for us on the mound. That's one, that's our week, you know, our, for us, our Monday starter for maybe two or three weeks that we could have had out. So that was kind of the concern. I knew the season would happen, but it was just a matter of, okay, are we going to have to, you know, are we going to play with nine guys for three weeks? And then the concern of those guys were just out for three weeks. You know, it took some of those guys a little bit of time to get into the swing of it. Um, so that was kind of the biggest concern. I, I knew the season was going to happen. It was just a matter of are we going to be with our full squad or are we going to miss guys? And then even, you know, the concern, you know, Shunk and I were talking about, like, what if guys want to choose between those two sports? Like, hey, I, I want to do baseball now and not basketball. Ones. Then you put in a, a tough spot between the mm-hmm. winter coaches and the and the spring coaches. You know, we, we love having guys play multiple sports. You know, it's you only get to pay high school once. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those weird positions that thankfully we didn't have to deal with this year. He's one of those guys, uh, he's a football player, 
who's really good at basketball, and I bet if he picked up a bat, he'd be really good at baseball. How bad would you like to get your hands on a kid like Marco Singleton? Oh, you know, <laughs> I think there are rumors of him wanting to play baseball or something like that. I mean, he's a great athlete, great kid, too. Um, it would have been cool just to see what he wanted to do, but I think, you know, he knew his future um, was football, and he, and he wanted to do track and get in prepared. But, but that would be cool to kind of just experience and coach, you know, a high-level athlete like that. You have a few. Yeah, oh, no, for who, sure. Who do you want to start with, Larry or with I guess, I guess let's start with the seniors because with baseball, it was kind of like a hard reset is what I've called it. You didn't get last year. Yep. So you you actually had, like, the most returning kids because Maceo, Zach, and Larry all played for you two years ago. Yep. So you, you, you had the returning, the big returning group with three kids. <laughs> I know, right? So you at least knew <laughs> you had two pitchers, you had your catcher, and you had your middle three in the order. Well, Zach ended up leading off. But yep. you had three guys at the top of your order. Besides that, everything was kind of a big question mark, no? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, no one going into it knew those three guys were going to be solid for us. Um, and it was essentially, you know, I think like other coaches have said, it was seniors that normally would have had at least one year or maybe two years of varsity experience. They were coming in as seniors and having zero varsity experience other than maybe getting pulled up um, for the playoffs and they played one or two games two years ago. Um, so going into it, I mean, it was like, okay – Think about having just a loaded class of juniors, you know, but I, we definitely leaned on those seniors, those three seniors. I mean, those guys, you know, Zach has been with us from a freshman year um, and having that leadership. I mean, that one of the reasons I think we were such a great pitching staff this year is because Zach was behind the plate. I mean, we could say, hey, Zach, you're going to call the game and he would call a great game. You know, he, they would talk between the pitchers. I think most of the guys on the mound would just, I don't think they shook him off one time maybe all year. Um, so having that kind of solid core there is you know it, it makes my job a lot easier he's one of the guys from the area that's headed to jackson yep what kind of a ball player are they getting oh my gosh i mean this guy's a leader uh through and through high iq i remember you know i think it was his freshman year um just a simple play there was a foul ball going down the line um right field right field line and uh i kind of got him like zach man you got to go help out your first baseman to make sure he's there he's like coach we got a guy in third you know i can't leave the plate open i was like oh yeah you know you're right um so just little things like that that you just pick up he back picks guys um and just even aside from the baseman, he got one of the best baseball players i've coached um just an outstanding individual i mean he's a guy that's high character works hard every single day um you know, could trust him with keys, with anything you want. You know, he's the guy that I think you could put um, all your trust in and, and wouldn't be disappointed. He's definitely one that, you know, that's parenting. That's the community right there. Just, you know, class act, you know, can't say anything more about him, anything, any higher praises. And I guess if there's a position you want that at, you want him behind the plate. You yep. mentioned him calling the game, but mm -hmm. that's got to make your life a lot easier knowing that, all right, league game, catcher's filled. Yep. Yeah, and, and just the durability. I mean, I think since his freshman year, um, when since he took over, I mean, he caught just about every single conference game. You know, he didn't catch one conference game this year because he wanted to, you know, I was like, hey, I know you want to play St. Clair. You want to catch that St. Clair game. So we made a switch there. But other than that, I mean, he was catching every single day, day in and day out, and still hitting. I mean, that's what a lot of times people forget is catchers, you know, a lot of times you don't see the power numbers or the, or the numbers there because they're constantly just dead. You know, legs are mm -hmm. just tired. Um, but he's a guy that was our leadoff hitter, you know, putting the ball in play, fantastic um, hitter at the plate, which is which is tough to see doing them both. What was it? He was the one who got on what six, six times? Six in a times game? against Northern. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. One of the the game he was at uh, Coach Dahlman, the first one he missed. Yeah, he was like four for four with like a double and two walks, mm -hmm. and that was the only time I saw someone get on base six times in a game. I mean that that's an incredible day. Great arm. Oh yeah. Yep. 
And and just I mean just the idea I think the all those tools he had physical tools he had but then the IQ is what took it to the next level I mean I think we only had probably 15 or 20 guys try to steal off him just because one throw down I'm like oh, well maybe not today guys um, so we'll just try to score offense differently and then just even back picks I mean in the in the district game there was a kind of little foul tip. Uh, Zach made a pump and gunned the guy through the next base. Um, just little things like that. Even in inter-squad inter games, he would do that. You know, he would kind of fake a throw to second base to make the guy bait, you know, you know, bait the guy at third and just back pick him at third um, that are just hard to teach. You know, it's, it's things you can teach. Obviously, it takes time. But to be like, all right, guys, hey, this is a good situation. Look here and there. He would just – he would pick that up and, and definitely put in and study the game to get those little things. Speaking of great arms, uh, and we'll talk about his pitching second – because in left field, Larry makes it look so easy. Like yep. he, he's just really smooth catching the ball. He, he runs down a lot of balls, hitting the gap and that. And then his arm, you're an idiot if you're running, trying to take an extra mm -hmm. base on him. Yeah, no, he, you he did are. a great job. Great job. Brady would try and he'd get gunned down <laughs> by 30 feet. For sure. Um, he was, I mean, and then he'd learn. Penciled in as our third baseman going into the season. I mean, he was a guy that had played for us at third, was good there as a sophomore. Um, so going into the season, I was like, hey, you know, we might be at third base just because that's what I had. And then being a good pitcher, like, okay, how are we going to move these pieces around? And then he's like, hey, I feel really comfortable in the outfield. That's where I played during the summer. I'm like, okay. And then John Herdebees was ha was having a good year at the plate. So we're like, okay, well, where do we put you at? Because Zach's, Zach's out of you at the dish. Let's put you at third and then move Larry out to left. Um, so that that's kind of one of the things about the team is they were able – a lot of guys move positions that mm -hmm. they may, might not have been their, you know, quote-unquote true position. Um, so he did a great job out there. He's definitely faster than you might think. Like, oh, you know, and I'll say, oh, shoot, he ran that down. Or, hey, made a laid out, made a play. Um, I think there's, a, I think it was that second game. Maybe it was the one you called Norton. He made a play. Um, uh, I think it was Nick down the right field line made another great mm -hmm. play. And you see those in perfect games. Um, but, yeah, he was he was a guy that, that, again, our outfield, our defense, like you said earlier, ball goes on the outfield. I'm like, all right, well, that's one out, you know, because unless it was an absolute missile somewhere, it was getting R caught. Well, I always said Larry was maybe the unluckiest hitter oh. I've ever seen at Northern, PH, and Comerica Park, the three biggest ballparks you play in. <laughs> PH, he hits an absolute bomb that goes to the deepest part of the ballpark. Northern hits a, a bomb to center field. And at Comerica, he might have hit the farthest ball I've seen all year. in And gets nothing in, yeah, for it. In, nothing. in high school, oh, yeah. it probably 390 it pushed, and it was just an out. Yep. Oh yeah, that's, that's baseball, you know. And then the next guy comes up and it's a little dinker that gets for a single or a mm. little double over someone's head. Yeah, yeah, or you go to a tin can, like you go to Algonac, which down the line with the big fence is like two ninety. You hit a pop up, it can carry there, and it's like, <laughs> okay, that yep. seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he is the one guy though in your lineup that I would absolutely not let beat me. I, I would pitch around him every chance that I got to pitch around him, just simply because he is. The one guy with the most, I think, with the most power potential. Yep. And Definitely. and he and just even not that he's actually a line drive hitter, but he can line drive it over the fence. Yeah. No. I mean, I remember. It, I mean, his line drives that. You know, two years ago as a sophomore, he hit one at Richmond, um, and that's a that's like thirty foot fence on Richmond too, and it was just an absolute miss off his bat. I mean, he, like you said, that's just lightning in a bottle right there. He he hits the ball, and it's you you turn around when he's batting because you're like, oh wow, that's. That's a different sound coming off the bat than other guys. <laughs> and power the other way. He yep. can hit it hard. He can hit it over the right fielder's head. For sure. Yep. Every oh, it's sprayed all around the field. 
All right, do we want to go to Macy or do we should we take a break? Because I, oh, like I thought I thought we were going to ask about Larry's pitching. Oh, Larry pitching because that was wasn't anything special. <laughs> oh this yeah, year. yeah, Larry. <laughs> he was only throwing a, a two hitter two hit shutout every time I looked. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. I mean, poor Larry <laughs> was the second best pitcher on his staff and probably had top five numbers in the area all around. <laughs> he was your number two, quote unquote. Oh yeah, but geez, I th- thought at one point didn't he throw like. 15 scoreless innings in a row, yeah. I believe. I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact stat on that, but I know there were times where we would finish our Monday game and then guys would talk, you know, guys talk to the team like, oh, yeah, so was that your number one? He's like, kind of, but you were going to see another number one on Wednesday and probably another number one on Thursday. I mean, it, that was the thing this year. We always talked like we don't have just one ace. We have three guys that we roll out that are going to be our aces for us, and each, any one of those guys could have done something amazing at any moment. Um, I think Larry finished the year with a .54 ERA. Um, which I think ties the record for our school, which is kind of a cool thing there. Um, so it's yeah, he's definitely one of those guys. We're going to the season as well. Hey, he wasn't sure if he was going to do a lot of pitching. I'm like, I think you got, I think you got some talent. I think you got, you're going to carry. <laughs> no, no, he'll have for us. Translation: <laughs> No, you're pitching. I'm not letting you not get on the mound this year. Yeah, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll deal with uh, this uh, break and then more with uh, Caleb uh, Delman in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer? Teach your grandkids to fish. Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. 
Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, we're back. Caleb Delman, the head uh, baseball coach at uh, Marysville, is our guest today on the uh, podcast. And we talked about Larry Smayfield. Another guy that I think we're going to talk about a lot is Maceo Miller. Yeah, probably electric is the best word to describe him. Uh, while Larry was very steady Eddie, he didn't have a lot of flash. And not that Maceo tried to. You just you, – the pop in the glove was different. It had just – the fastball had that zip to it and – you knew when Maceo was pitching, you went, oh, oh, yeah, I, I need to watch this. Like, we all were all hoping to do the, the Wednesday game because that's when we knew Maceo <laughs> was pitching. And, I mean, I'm sure you can just say a bunch of good things about him. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Just like just like Larry's bat sounds different than other guys. Um, you know, just same thing with Maceo on the mound. You know, when it catches the catcher's mitt, it just has a different sound. Um, he kind of throws like a heavy ball. Um, just kind of those, you know, one of those baseball turns, but it just seems like it gets on you. It 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 has like a different weight to it. It seems like it's weird um, how it is, but he's a guy that, and then and then will come off and just relax, throw a nice little snap off a curveball on you, and then like, oh shoot, didn't see that coming. Um, but he's a guy that as a even as a freshman, you know, we looked at him and saw, hey, he's got some potential. You know, he was throwing high seventies, touched eighty a couple of times mm-hmm. as a freshman. So we're like, hey, this is a guy we should look at. 
Um, and he's just put in the work. I mean, he's he's grown, developed, gotten stronger. You know, he doesn't seem like it, but he's a wiry, strong guy. Puts time in the weight room. Um, has worked hard during the off season. And that's kind of the, those the senior class, and, and really, you know, there's some other guys as well have just put in the time that it takes to develop. Um, you know, you're going to get stronger and better just because you're going through puberty and everything else. But these guys just put in the time. He developed. He put in some work. He had some arm issues at first. They kind of mm-hmm. in his career, um, but he put in the time to get healthier and stronger. Um, and, and it's capped off with some, with some interest from, from schools, you know, sign with Jackson has that opportunity there. Uh, but there's definitely other bigger schools that are looking at him to go for into the four year schools as well. So yeah, like anytime that happened, you know, we, we don't, we don't know when greatness is going to happen or when an amazing moment is hmm. going to happen, like a, like a perfect game or a one hitter. Right. But <laughs> you knew there was a chance of that when he got on the mound, like there's something special going to happen today. Yeah. yeah. He, he throws the perfect game. So I thumb wrestle Brady for his next start. Uh, and it's against Frazier, and he gives up a hit to the leadoff batter. Yeah, like a little dribbler yep. through the thick grass. And, and, uh-huh. and I think two of the first three hitters got hits, and then he gave up one hit the rest of the game through a three-hit complete game shutout with 13 strikeouts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he finished the, the regular season not giving up a single earned run. Um, that, that for me, I've, I've never seen before. Like, so would that be the record now is, is well, is, well, that would be oh, a zero ERA well, in, in the, the regular conference. season, in oh, yeah. the regular season. Oh, gotcha. Um, but then playoffs, you know, unfortunately oh, you yeah. the, those four there and then they, they both ended up with like a 0.45.53 oh. ERA. Well, yeah, exactly. Might as well just throw the season in the trash. <laughs> yep. If it's not zero. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty close to that. Right. And again, a, a guy that when he's not pitching, he can play shortstop. Yep. Uh, yeah. Dynamic athlete as well. I mean, we even, you know, during scrimmages and stuff like that, we put him in the outfield. I mean, he was a guy that can run it down there. It was a, it was a matter of um, just kind of managing arm health, you know, between mm-hmm. him, Smayfield, um, you know, guys throwing, you know, that throwing multiple innings and stuff like that. You need to just, hey, we can't always play short and then pitch. You know, we can't. You got to go to second. We got to DH. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were willing to do that, and other guys were understanding, like, hey, this is how it's going to be on the team. You're going to move around kind of a National League-style play. Yeah, you're going to DH one day. I mean, uh, you know, mixture really? there. But, um, you know, the only second thing with this, mean. you know, yeah. so there's moving pieces more than just, hey, here's our nine guys, here's nine positions, let's go. Um, it was definitely moving guys around and kind of making things happen. Well, Maceo seemed like the kind of kid, once he got in the zone, like you had to get to him early. Yep. Once he settled in, you might as well hope he hits you because – I mean, you mentioned, I think at one point he had, what, 27 strikeouts in two games? Yes. I believe was the stat. And one, like once he gets that like third, fourth, fifth strikeout, it seemed like it was lights out, game over. Yep. If he got settled in, you weren't touching him. Yeah, no, he, he I mean, we, we, we'd gun our guys and stuff like that, and he would be probably 85, 86 in the first inning, and then we'd get to around the third or fourth, and he'd be 86, 87, and then all of a sudden fifth inning, all of a sudden he'd touch 90, and you're like, whoa, you know, you're supposed to go down in velocity. Mm-hmm. He would be a guy that would get comfortable, get looser, um, and then you would still have it six, seven innings. Um, he would still hit 88, 89 a couple times in that seventh inning, knowing that, hey, here's a guy that's, like we said earlier, he's put in the work and, and has the condition to get that far into a game and still be, you know, incredibly effective. So another guy on your team that really doesn't get a lot of hype uh, and maybe doesn't have the consistency of uh, Larry and Maceo, but I really like Richards. Oh, yeah. He was another guy that kind of, you know, he was a senior, but in theory, playing-wise, kind of a junior. You know, mm-hmm. he had missed that year as well. Um, was on that uh, team of JV where he had like 24 guys on that roster. It was kind of hard to move guys around. But he was another one going into it where, hey, we'll see what he can do, see if he can get some innings. Um, tryout week came around, you know, threw well. All right, you know, we'll see what he can do. He, I saw some improvements in his bat. I'm like, hey, you know, took care of some mechanical stuff that I was impressed with. Um, 
And so there was kind of two or three guys there battling for that third starter for a sort of conference. You know, we gave him the ball one time. Hey, see what you got. And he went out there. His veal went up and then normal. Um, and he was a guy that put in the work. I mean, like I said, for a lot of guys, but he would be one to say, hey, let's go, let's go work out after this, you know, and understanding that he's a physical guy. And I think that was one reason he was able to stay healthy all year too, is he would do, you know, go to practice, do the game, then go hit the gym. Um, and you see that in the, at the next level college pro guys are working out in season after games. Um, and he was one that, you know, like it doesn't get a lot of hype, but game three came around. We're like, Hey, you guys better have whatever your best offense better show up. Cause we're throwing out another good pitcher, you know? So, well, yeah, we talked about the three guys that everyone, you know, the three, Larry, Maceo, Zach, the one that gets all the, the hype and press and the one we talk about the most, but your supporting cast, I guess you call them was maybe the best in the area because it seemed like you had, I mean, you didn't just go one, two, three, okay, hope someone gets walked or, all right, we have to go to our reliever for the first time in three weeks. We actually have someone to go to. You have him, Herdebeast, Hong was a player I liked out in right field, didn't do anything crazy, but was a nice piece for you at the bottom of the lineup. And you had a, a lot of guys like that. Oh, we haven't even mentioned your cleanup yeah. hitter, Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. exactly. Just an RBI yeah. machine. Um, yeah, I think we definitely extended the lineup. Even, you know, Ferguson extended it one more. And then Herdeby started hitting. He extended another guy. And then Richards made that adjustment. He he extended another um, batter deep, which just makes it that much harder as a pitcher. You know, normally you get, like in high school, you get to those first three, four guys, and you're like, okay, I can take a little break here in a couple innings, you know, and big deal. But if you if you didn't if you weren't locked in for all nine of our guys, it was going to turn into a, a you know like I just tell the guys a crooked number we're going to put up. Um, mm. Like I said at the bottom, Nagan did a great job down there. Nick did as well. Just no one's they're not going to hit it over you know over the fence, but they're going to go line drive, line drive, and if you want to just play them really far in, all of a sudden they'll lose one over your head, and there's a double. And next thing you're like, whoa, now it's the top of the lineup. We just gave up two runs. Yeah, and, and that, the, the consistency thing because I think when you saw him play, he didn't hit much. When I saw him play, Veggie hit a ton. Yep. I mean, I saw him rake a couple of doubles. I saw him hit one out to left mm-hmm. at Marysville this year. Yeah, he's another guy that, like, just kind of, I think, uh, the, the season, just like we did as an offense, he was another guy that, that would, you know, explosive bad as he could. Like the one you said he lost at at, uh, at Marysville. I mean, they, that thing cleared the vents by 30 or 40 feet. I mean, it was a bullet. Um, and then other times he would struggle, with, you know, with kind of picking it up. Uh, but then he would go double. I mean, he had to walk off. Sack fly, you know, two feet from the fence early in the season. So that was definitely a game guy. I did. Yeah, yeah. So you just missed game. his good stuff. <laughs> Apparently, I did. Yeah, I mean, he he's the guy that stepped up. I mean, he was one that we needed that shortstop role with Maceo pitching and in his arm, you know, needed to be healthy, throwing seventy five hundred pitches every game. Um, we needed someone to step up at short, and and kind of he was that guy that stepped. Owen stepped up, made some great plays, was a solid defensive player for us, made those adjustments that we needed. You know, he struggled at first with slow rollers, practiced it even in pregame. He'd work on it, and the next thing you know, hey, what can I do better to get, you know, for the next time? And he developed into a pretty solid shortstop for us. Well, the other thing with the bottom of your lineup and overall as a team, you guys had a lot of speed. And that kind of can become be a hidden thing in baseball where you turn doubles into singles, you turn singles into outs, little dribblers into hits. Yep. That was something that, yeah, maybe the bottom of your lineup didn't have the most power, but if it wasn't hit right at him, it was going to be a bang bang play. Yeah, no, you, you put pressure on the on, on the defense. I mean, whether that's stealing bases, um, you know, Nick I think had three or four uh, stolen bases a third. Just you know, guys just kind of sleeping on him, and he would take that that bag. Um, but yeah, like you said, if it's if it's a ball where infielder's got to move or left or right, 
Um, you got to get rid of it quickly. If not, we're going to kind of take advantage of that. And then that's when develops into another single double. Next thing you know, you got the heart of your lineup, line shot in the gap, and there's 3 nothing. We'll probably get a little bit more into your managing style in the, the last uh, segment. But before we go into the break, I want to compliment you on the Comerica Park thing and, and the way you set that up. I don't, I don't know if you were at the game. I was not, but, no. But the way you guys set that up, making sure that everybody played and not really worrying about the outcome of the game. But but you guys made sure this is Comerica Park. I want every kid on our roster to yep. get an at-bat. You, you kind of played it like an all-star game. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and not a lot of that goes to Coach Vaggie. He was the one that kind of, you know, it was during that time. That was going to be my first day gone, but, you know, um, our daughter decided to come a week early, <laughs> um, which it is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but he kind of, and that's where I was, like I said earlier, I had the confidence that he would take care of that um, between him and, and Butler. And they were too, just the idea that, yeah, it, you know, we'd like to win that game against Anchor Bay. We'd have loved to, you know, win 10 nothing and just gone out there. But the reality is this is probably the only time that these kids, whether you're a sophomore, junior, senior, will ever play at Comerica Park. Um, you know, there's some special guys that get to play in the all-star game, but you know, it's an opportunity. Hey, let's get you on the field. Let's enjoy the moment. Um, take it all in because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's an experience that, that you, most kids in the state will never have. I know I enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was actually weird being so far away. Yeah, that, that was, that was different. (laughs) Uh, but anytime I looked up at the wall and I saw Ernie Harwell's name, you kind of feel good about what you're doing that day. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's not as close as the Ernie bear booth behind home plate at Marysville, but I guess, I guess it was all right. (laughs) That's a true story to your, you can reach out and touch the catcher when he comes back to the backstop. (laughs) Hopefully it's the other team's catcher, not the Marysville catcher. All right. We'll take a break and one more segment to go with uh, coach Dalman in just a moment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. 
Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our gift. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Brady and Caleb Dahlman, the head baseball coach from uh, Marysville. And uh, we're just – this is the segment where we'll just kind of chit-chat a little more about baseball in general. I I have to get this straight. Okay, yes. so you both went to Wayne State? We sure did. did. Warriors. Yeah. Same time? No, he know. was – I think he graduated about four or five years before I got there. Yeah, he looks wiser yeah, than Yeah, I, I graduated – I went from 07 to 11. So the baseball yeah. program, way cleaner than the football program. 100%. <laughs> I like how you were just hyping up a kid that was going to go in that program two segments ago. Oh, yeah. Anyway, like by the way, that. I was – Looking at your old bio, and do you still hold the record for most hit by pitches in a career? Uh, no, uh, the actually um, another St. Clair area uh, player actually, Jeremy Carroll. Oh, um, he, he took it. Okay. He, he broke that. Uh, the, but the only thing is, I I, I kind of there should be an asterisk, and I've told this before. Is you know he goes there and, and wears an elbow pad. I mean, and I didn't. Um, so I think <laughs> there should be an sur- asterisk. He had more surface area. Yeah, his was uh, his his didn't act, he didn't have to take the pain of, of getting hit by a pitch. So. I do want to talk about a bit of recruiting because you had three kids that were exceptional talents. Yep. And I think some people on surface level see, oh, they're just going to a community college. Yep. Juco baseball, and we talked about this with Coach Manis, whole different animal. Like, you have a lot of talented kids there, and that plus the COVID backup in recruiting, those kids probably in a normal year – 
would have had more options. I know you mentioned Maceo was garnering more interest, but Jackson Community College is by no means a bad program or no. you're going to get good baseball there. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, you know, talking to, to Coach Kelly at, at Wayne State, you know, my former coach, um, it's just the reality that you have guys now that are seniors in their sixth year of college that still have an opportunity to play baseball. So you can't just bring on 45, 50 guys onto your roster. So they have to go to JUCO to get that extra year because there isn't necessarily, you know, a lot of guys, I don't think they had the opportunity to extend their, their career there. Um, and there is good, high-quality baseball. Um, you know, they, I think on social media they call them Juco Bandits. Um, it's, it's a different breed. You know, you're, you're grinding a little bit more. Um, the facilities aren't always the nicest, uh, but it, it at least allows you to grow and, and kind of learn how to be on your own and be out there um, dealing with, you know, the failure and then dealing with, hey, how am I going to feed myself right now because there might not be a cafeteria. Um, so it allows guys to kind of get that development. You know, I, I remember heard I heard Manis talk about that a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. Is just you know, let, make guys just need to grow, or maybe they didn't take school seriously in high school. Like, hey, I don't care, whatever. And then also like, shoot, maybe I do need to. And it allows them that year to just kind of mature and develop. You know, I, at Wayne State, we had two or three guys every year that were coming from JUCO, and mm -hmm. they'd come in, and it wasn't like, hey, you're going to be a roller. They'd coming in and, and starting. You know, so it allows guys just to see what they can do at the college level. Um, a lot of times those four-year coaches like to see, hey, you know, you look like a good player. I just kind of want to see what you can do against college competition first. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh, with the COVID situation on top of everything else, so maybe you can go to a better school and sit and watch. Yep. Whereas you're going to go to a school like Jackson and play yep. right away. Yep. Uh, and I think that's better for a guy than sitting around for a year, maybe two years, before somebody says, okay, now you get your opportunity. Yeah, and every kid has a different, you know, different situation, but there are some guys that just need the reps. Like, they have the tools, they just need the reps. They need that in-game rep. Mm -hmm. That is very difficult to simulate. I mean, I think you can do that with basketball. It's a little easier to simulate. Football, maybe in practice, you can simulate. But baseball is just a, such a difficult and slow game that if you simulated games all the time, your practice would be five hours every single day, and you just can't do that. Um, right. And like you said, simulating the reps, football – you get taped, you're, you play any position, you get 50 reps a game, 75 reps a game. Basketball, how many trips up and down the court? Baseball, you're lucky you get a dozen swings a week, yep. a dozen at-bats a week. So, and yeah, it's just, it does take a little more time to get the same amount of reps because think about it. How many passes does a quarterback throw in a season compared to how many times does a, does a kid come up to bat in a season and they play four times as many games? Yeah, I mean, that's why you see the minor leagues. And for baseball, you have five, six different levels. Guys get drafted, and you don't hear about them for another five years. Like, oh, yeah, he was drafted in 2006. You're like, oh, wow. You know, football, basketball, hockey. I mean, hockey may a little different, but those guys come in, they get drafted, and year or two, they're in the league. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just a sport that you need reps. It takes a lot of time. So that Juco route can definitely be very beneficial to guys. Uh, hockey's only, only different if you play in Detroit. The other 31 teams, if you're good enough, they play you right away. <laughs> don't don't get started. Ask a different question. <laughs> we have a guest. Ask a different yeah, question. I, yeah, you're going to lose me ask, hockey ask, ask I, was, I was just pointing ask that out. Ask a different question. Just pointing out facts on this program. Ask you know how I like to be uh, factually accurate about that. Ask, ask a question. <laughs> um, I'm going to steal a Brady question that because uh, uh, Brady did his first Catholic League game this year, and he's obsessed with the 1-1 count. 
Do, do you like four balls and three strikes or three balls and two strikes, and why or why not? Um, I think I hate to say the, but I've just grown up always four balls, three strikes. Mm-hmm. So it's to me the idea of one and one count. I didn't even know about that till kind of started coaching, and they're like, "Yeah, the Catholic League does one and one." I was like, "What? How is that even possible?" You know? Um, and I think Manis has mentioned that before. Is it's it's a school rule. I mean, it's a district, not a district, but it's a conference rule that we're sticking with a four and three. Um, I know some of the lower levels, freshmen and JV, we have a little bit more freedom to do that. So there are some of the, the bronze and, and silver divisions that do that at the lower levels or freshman JV, but varsity, it's a four and three. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like it just because that's what I always imagined baseball to be is you got to go four and three. It, it shows that you can have, you know, hearing guys throw complete games with 15 strikeouts and they throw 65 pitches. Um, it just doesn't show to me the depth of a team. You know, you don't have the pitchers. You need to show you got three, four, or five pitchers to be able to go through a full game. Um, but I heard the argument that it's, it saves on arms. It is nice. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to pitch, you know, you pitch six conference games or five conference games, instead of throwing 500 pitches, and all of a sudden you threw 250, and you still got kind of the same amount. Um, yeah, it's like, I think you've said that. It should be even across the board. It should be everybody does the same thing, especially at the varsity level. Right. And the one spot I think for, that I'd like to see is you play a lot of Saturday games. You don't need to kill your pitching staff in what ultimately is a game for reps. Yep. You don't need to have a guy throw 105 pitches if he doesn't have to. That's where I'd like to see it more. But the other thing I kind of want to talk to you about, which it was implemented, I believe you started after this is in. But the three-game series in high school, yeah, because forever it was the same as softball. You just go through, go through. Now you got a three-game series. It's nice when you have the pitching staff you had this year, yeah. But it can be a grind if you don't have three workhorses to go to. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we've been. I've been on both ends of it. I mean, we my first year taking over, we went zero and fifteen in the conference, and it was an ugly zero and then won a district title, <laughs> and then won a district title. <laughs> um, but and obviously been the other end where we've won twelve games and we've run through people. I like it just because it shows kind of the the true depth of your team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when they do double headers or just play one a week, you would save. Let's say we just had one good pitcher. And then you would just save them against your your better opponent. And then you know you could throw your three, four, five against the other guys. And then also you're like, oh yeah, we won the league. And the, I think it just gives you a better a true victory of the league. Like, hey, you know, we did win this as a team, not just relying on one good pitcher um, and just kind of throw him against the other number one, and we just happen to, to get lucky on that one day. You know, and if you're lower in the standings, too, it can be the opposite. You go to, to play the top team, and they're always throwing their third or fourth guy yeah. at you, yeah. which actually gives the lower team a better chance. Well, yeah. And I guess the other thing you think about that is, yeah, like you said, you get one pitcher – and you can just go through the league. I mean, we talk about teams in the past. Imagine this past year. When you played Utica, they were only going to see Maceo Miller if it was under the old format. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, it's one of those things, you know, the way it worked out, if we would have played them three times or twice, one at the beginning of the season, one at the end, he would have seen you know, probably Maceo both times, or even, even Larry could have seen him. I mean, Larry mm-hmm. gave up one run. Uh, but would have just been one guy, and you got beat twice by them. You know, this, I think, shows – the true, like, okay, you got to throw out three good guys. And it's tough on pitching if you don't have it. But I think that's just the nature of how, it, you know, the ebb and flow of, of, of a program is sometimes you have three good pitchers, sometimes you don't, and then you got to work the game. You know, you got to work the game, maybe switch in, bring in three guys to pitch one, you know, one or two innings each guy to kind of keep the other team off balance. Well, and baseball is such a tough sport to fit a league championship into 15 games. I mean, you know, it probably takes to get a true understanding of what a guy is 
100, 150 at-bats, and you trying to decide who the best in the league is in 15 games. I understand it because of school, but yeah. baseball is hard to do in a small sample size. No, for sure. I mean, I think that's why the MLB plays 162 games is because you could go over a week and then still be an all-star, still be a Hall of Famer. It's one of those things where it's just – it's – it's such a difficult sport that you could get hot and then also you could go cold and you're like, gosh, I, I was just hitting 400 last week. Like what is going on? Um, so yeah, it's, but I think that gives us the best, at least true feel of who as a team has been the complete program. It's toughest on relief pitchers. Yeah. You can have one bad inning yep, and then shut everybody out every other time you pitch the rest of the season, but that one bad inning can give you a high ERA yep. and people who haven't seen you pitch go, Oh, this guy's no good. Yeah. Oh no. That's and that's why numbers are great. Um, but you have to look at them in correct context. You know, it's he could have a ten ERA, but that was because he gave up seven runs in one inning, and then the rest of the year he shut everybody out and just happened to be our closer that just had one bad game. With the numbers you mentioned, obviously baseball has changed even since your college days. Yep. I mean, did you ever hear the word launch angle when you were playing in in college or no, I think that was definitely a term that that became more popular once things like hit tracks, rap soto, right. uh, monitors, Spin rate. yeah, those is that I think it, it's always been around. It's just been called things like, hey, he's got a guy that he's got a heavy ball or he's got a sneaky fastball, and now we just have a way of quantifying it. Now we just say, hey, now we know it's a heavy ball because he throws. He's got a low spin rate, so he's going to go low in the in lower in the in the zone, or he's got a high spin rate, so you want to throw that high in the zone. Um, where guys would say, oh, it looks like his ball is rising. It's impossible for the ball to rise. Guys that are pitching, the ball mm-hmm. never goes up. It just has more spin than what you're used to seeing, so it doesn't drop as much. And so it looks like it rises, but that's all stuff that, you know, we used to say, like, hey, get on top of this guy because his ball rises, you know. And now we just know it just happens to has a higher RPM than the next guy. So um, you, you got a sinker ball pitcher. You want your kids up in the box for that. Hit it before it sinks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, depending on where you're at. It's definitely one of those things where you just got to – then you start looking for it. If you start looking low, then it allows you to at least be in that spot and have the opportunity to it and just know that you're going to hit more ground balls versus the guy trying to lift it um, and just got to just gotta play with it. I mean, I don't think we have that kind of advanced scouting in high school yet to know if he's a sinker baller. You know, RPMs, I know on the show, they can tell that even with the, the sticky tech and all that, hmm. they can you can tell – from June to now, hey, RPNs have gone down 200, you know, for each guy across the board. You know, if we had that kind of technology in high school, I think that would be 10, 15 years on the road when it all costs 500 bucks. But right now it's hmm. thirty, forty thousand yeah. dollars well, $40,000. Well, that kind of leads me yeah. into the, the next question. So, it's high school baseball. How many innings do you have to see a guy on the other team pitch before you can figure him out? It, some guys are, are quick. Sometimes I can pick up things, you know, not like – cocky about it but sometimes in bullpens guys can pick you know you can pick things up whether mm. it's uh they a lot of times where they're tapping their glove a certain way or they'll lift their elbow for a curveball um sometimes it's, it's as simple as just seeing watching the bullpen before a game hey you see it great hey pick this up hey guys watch this he does this how he tips his pitches other times it takes two or three innings um and obviously i think the better the pitcher the longer it takes to pick those things up you know you start finding those tendencies if you had a series, you see it, you know, maybe it's a reliever and you see him two times, three times. Okay, now we've had a chance to see him from the plate. Um, but, yeah, some guys are, are super obvious, and they'll tip right away, whether it's a leg lift, it's a, you know, a moving of the glove. Um, and other guys, those are the better ones. They all come out of the same window. They look exactly the same until all of a sudden, wham, that snaps out. It goes up, whatever it is. Well, you just mentioned all these things about baseball and how much you can analyze it. But guys, you know, guys are different. Some yep. guys 
are simple. All right, I'm gonna come up here. If it's straight, I'm hitting it. If it's curving, I'm hitting it. I don't. I'm not looking at at the arm angle. All this. He's like, I'm just gonna hit the ball. Other guys will analyze every little detail, what the angle his foot's at, things like that. How do you keep a balance between those guys that can't get in their head, and then on the other end, getting the guys that are just like, I, I'm just gonna go up and hit the ball and trying to get them to at least look at some things. Yeah, I think it's – and that's where kind of getting to know the guys um, is is the best way to go about it and know that, hey, I need one guy. Some guys need to, like to know if they can if they can pick up a curveball, they like to know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Other guys, like, look, if I know it's coming, it's it's harder for me to focus in. And mm-hmm. I played with guys like that in college too that, hey, if I know a curveball's coming, I'm swinging no matter what, and then, you know, it's in the dirt and you've already committed because you're like, hey, I have this advantage. Other guys are like, I if I know, I'm 100% sitting on it. So you got to just kind of get a feel for each guy and just – I you know, my big thing is I tell guys, look – be honest with what you can do. If you're a guy that needs to know information, then seek it. If you're a guy that gets kind of bogged down by that, then don't. Like, be realistic with it. You might not be the the high IQ guy in that sense. Then know that's your strength and then go for it. You know, know that you're a guy that just needs to see ball out of the hand or just go up there and just ready to hit kind of hit and run mentality. And just be honest with what your skill set is and then go after that. Uh, you can have the last question. Yep. Otherwise, I'm going to release Coach on bail. <laughs> no, I got. I do have one more. Your team had a ton of seniors. Yep. Like senior night took 30 minutes <laughs> because you had so many. How do you transition from going, even though it wasn't like a true senior year, but being very senior heavy? Yep. Marysville's losing a very talented athletic class, uh, and now you have to transition – and I don't like the word rebuilding in high school because yeah. rebuilding it in pro sports is more of an intentional thing. It's more retooling and reloading. How do you make that transition from what you have, like 11 seniors to Ten. next year? You're yeah. going to have up two. Th- it's going to be like this year, two, three guys with experience coming back. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where um, we have the advantage. A lot of our guys play summer ball. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of those guys play 17, 18 U teams and they have that opportunity to get varsity like experience and just, um, you know, we talk about it. We talked about it like, Hey, we have three or four guys returning. Um, you know, we, even with some of those we brought up, we are at five or six that like, look guys, you saw what the senior class did. You saw what a good hardworking group of seniors did in all sports across Marysville. I mean, every single sport we had this year, it was like, man, this is going to be a, t- a senior class we're going to miss. Yeah, what was the record on our airwaves? It was something ridiculous, wasn't it? Like 47 Yeah, Marysville had the, had the best record. It, yeah, it was like 49 and 17. Yeah, so and, and I point out to like, hey, guys, you know, like this is what hard work looks like. This is what it gets you. I mean, hard work doesn't guarantee you success. It guarantees you honesty, and this is what they honestly could do as their best. And if that's what you want to see, what you honestly can achieve, then we got to just look at each individual, individual guy and say, hey, here's what we can do to get better. Here's the things that you can help us next year. Um, and I think we have a solid JV program as well. Having that JV and freshman helps where it's not necessarily, like you said, not a mm-hmm. rebuild year, but – um, hey, look, you were a high-level guy on JV. You're going to be a guy that's going to step in right away and have those opportunities. And I think that's where we just put in the time during the winter. Like, hey, four-on-ones, open gyms, get guys around, try to challenge them as much as we can so that they are ready. Um, and it's, it's like I said, it, there's no substitute for experience. And we just got to hope that we're able to get the leadership out of those four or five seniors that we have returning, and they can carry the load until we have those younger guys that will just have one or two years of experience kind of step in. It seems uh, strange to say this, but I think we're going to get there faster than you think because <laughs> football is like a month away. Oh, yeah. And then once that starts, 
the school year seems to be a blur to me. Yep, yep. No, once I get back into that classroom for the first time, it seems like I was just gone for a day. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thank you for joining us. Definitely. No, Fun this was, time. This was good. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, Told you it would it. be easy. Yeah, <laughs> no, this was, this was enjoyable. Definitely something I was looking forward to uh, when you guys reached out. So, thank you. All right. There's Coach Caleb Delman. And uh, when are we back? We're back Monday. Yes. With a, another edition of the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.